0: Mike, Mike, mm. I'm sorry. I I feel, I feel like I'm always. I don't mean to, I don't mean to, but I feel like I'm always causing you anxiety for episode recordings, and this time is is another one of those times. I'm sorry, Mike.
1: Like <laughs> at this point, like I feel like I just. I wished everybody could see the types of messages you send me. (laughs) So (laughs) we had three separate days in which we were supposed to be recording this episode. It was a Thursday, a Saturday, or a Sunday. One of those three was when we were going to record this episode. Uh, Uh It's a timely episode. We have to get it up on a certain date. We both knew that Gray was going to be traveling at this point. Um, Uh So we're like, okay, we're going to set this time window on tuesday so 2 days before the first recording time i get a message that says i do not wish to alarm you but i may have driven into the desert without any audio equipment this is the this is the life that i am subjected to look look i mean before
0: before you go any further i just to defend myself a little bit i didn't you know that wasn't the plan but sometimes things come up opportunities no, no. present no, themselves you see, and you have to take advantage of them all of that's
1: fine right but you can't uh-huh. be defended in the fact that you then follow it up after i reply saying you have alarmed me with i have however been able to arrange for delivery of equipment on the first day of our record because you could have started with that <laughs> right you chose to start with i'm in the desert again and i have no audio gear again like remember like 2 years ago and maybe last year and the year before that where there's just like something happens during the summer where you right. are somewhere and there's some kind of issue i don't know i felt i felt i needed to
0: set expectations that well yes i know that you you have this absolute hard deadline for the day this show has to be published and it can't be moved this this was me trying to warm up to like oh hey we have some problems but just so you know i think it's i think it's covered and it should be fine
1: but where are you why are uh, you <laughs> what's, what's going on now
0: <laughs> I, I mean look i can't I can't go into the details. Of course uh, you can't. I know, but
1: no, well,
0: I mean, look, look, listeners. I know this is this is sometimes annoying, but now, 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 finally, that I've I put up that Tesla vlog, I think perhaps the listeners can understand that sometimes I work on projects that have very long time frames, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so, like, I'm doing stuff, and I can't always talk about what I'm doing when I'm doing it. So, like. Apologies for me being vague, but I am I am in an undisclosed location somewhere in the American West, and there's been a sort of trifecta of, like, work stuff is the reason that I'm out here. In particular, the reason I sent you that message is, like, an opportunity made itself available that I decided I needed to take advantage of, mm-hmm. and I, I drove off into the much further desert. And I had left before I was able to procure audio equipment and kind of didn't realize until I was like way out in the journey already. So um, yeah, I'm here doing some work stuff (laughs) and I'm in locations that don't have great internet, which then was making me think about poor Mike. And I was like, oh no, I'm doing it to him again. I don't mean to, you know, especially like, I feel the horrible asymmetry of this situation is in the summers, I feel so much more relax like oh i traveled to america for a long period of time and i'm kind of, and like oh there's reasons that i'm here i'm doing stuff but i'm also looking for interesting stuff to do and i feel like the summers are kind of like a flexible hey whatever happens kind of time yep. but for you it's the exact opposite right like for you summer is when schedules are the most important they could possibly be and
1: also we are currently <laughs> beginning the busiest two weeks of my entire year Right. Yes. No, that's, uh, <laughs> so, so it's just like,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what I do to you. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very sorry, <laughs> but and like,
1: I really, I really
0: appreciate what you have to put up with.
1: I'm aware of what I do to you. It's maybe yeah. the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, let's like, I'm not going to change. We all know that, No. right? No one wants you to change. <laughs> but so I just, you know. I appreciate the sometimes mm-hmm. extra work that gets put in. We're now recording, you know, many time zones apart. Mm-hmm. Circumstances that were additionally beyond my control is you had messaged me yesterday saying, "Hey, what time can we record tomorrow?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I never I never got back to Mike Mm-mm. because I'm I'm staying at a place that has decided that they are off the main electrical grid and there was some unexpected weather that shorted out their power
1: i don't think i want to know this
0: which which means uh of course the internet went down and um so i was not i was not able to reply and Mm -hmm. it's like to get something from town is an hour's journey and so I was like, well, <laughs> I'll just wait until the power comes back up. Well, and uh, for
1: Texans, if you're listening to this episode <laughs> and the published date is Tuesday, the 28th of May... Mike may right. have well gone rogue <laughs> at the <that> point and <laughs> just done it uh, <laughs> because yeah. it has to be done. Yeah. So
0: it was uh, fixed, but the uh, the local power supply here has been a little shall I describe it as flickery. Mm. So we'll see if we make it. We'll see if we make it through the uh, through the entire show. But that was that was a case where it's like
1: he doesn't really need to know this ahead of time the time that i need to know it is when we're recording that's definitely yeah that's definitely the time that i yeah. need to know
0: because that's when you have the most agency right yes, that's when you have yeah. the most ability mm-hmm. to do to do something <laughs> about this but uh yeah so anyway that's why i didn't get back to you last night and i felt really bad about not even being able to schedule uh, with you when we were going to record today, but look, it's all—it's all
1: fine. It's all can fine. Can I talk about this picture you sent me?
0: <laughs> you can describe the picture to people. You all can right, describe the
1: picture. I was sent a picture. The caption of this picture was, "I was able to rustle up some audio gear today," and it is yep. a picture. The landscape is lots of mountains, like like the red kind of mountains that you see in in parts of America. Beautiful blue sky, and there are two boxes. One is a microphone. One is an audio interface. <laughs> And in front mm-hmm. of them is CGP Gray on his on his knee, uh down on one knee, wearing the wonderful Cortex hoodie, which is available still from Cortexmerch.com. And yes. it's very useful when it's very cold. hmm CortexMerch.com. You can still get the beautiful cortexmerch.com. hoodie. CortexMerch.com. Uh, com. but what amazing. you can't currently get on CortexMerch dot com uh is a cowboy hat, which is what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a what are they called, neckerchiefs, bandanas, uh, around your face, which has just got the American flag all over over and over and over again, which looks like you bought from a truck stop somewhere. <laughs> so at least I had that, as I and as I called it at the time, and it's still maintained. And I think even without seeing this picture, I think everybody can agree that this is the greatest photo of grey that has ever existed. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you think so. It was my consolation prize
0: for the anxiety. That, that was when I finally had acquired... Well, I was going to say all of the necessary pieces to have a regular podcast set up. Uh, turns out I was missing one of them, but it's not vital. So en- enough for the minimum viable podcast recording setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had gotten it all in place, and yes, I thought I thought, oh, what's a fun way that I can let Mike know that everything's going to be fine? Because see, mm-hmm. I want to I want to allay your fears, and so I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed the photo that I took. But I, I was definitely thinking like, man, we got a we got a partner with Stetson for like the Cortexin cowboy hat for sure. Yeah. Cuz cowboy hats are awesome, and a cowboy hat with the Cortex logo, how could it possibly be more
1: awesome? I don't know. So I guess at this point, I will say if any listener out there has some kind of ability to help us make a cowboy hat, uh, just you <laughs> know <laughs> business at dot com. just send an email uh i guess that's what we're doing now we're making making cowboy hats anyway it's all set we can do a podcast i have the most important piece of follow-up in cortex history the reason Ooh, this is so important big, big selling there, is yeah. because it will finally stop the question of when is that third-party toggle app that you talk about coming in oh yeah when is that third party toggle app coming out, Mike? Now! It has been out. Oh. It has been out for a week. The app is called Timery, and you can get it at timeryapp.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. it, So I'm pleased that I can talk about it now because I've been using this app, I think, for nearly a year. I think the, the beta mm-hmm. has been around for nearly a year. When I realized that, I do realize why people ask me so frequently because I mention it all mm-hmm. the time, but it's not available. I use this app a lot. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to John Voorhees review of the application at Mac Stories because John is going to do mm-hmm. a better job than I will. Uh, but basically, if you use Toggle, for time tracking, which you should because mm-hmm. all core Texans are sane, sensible people, so they should all be tracking their time. Mm-hmm. You, if you use Toggle, which is, I think, the best service, but it's a service of a bad app. Uh, the app's yes, are not very good. Yes. But Timery is the app that I've been looking for. It's it's clean, it is simple, it is focused. It has a wonderful widget, which is uh, you can set up a bunch of saved timers and you can have them in the widget on, on the iPhone and, or on the iPads. You can just swipe over to the side and hit one of your favorite timers. Um, mm. But I, there's just like, just everything about it is so streamlined that it makes it so easy to input everything. Like one of my favorite things, Gray, which is such a small thing, is as soon as you you, you press the button to start a timer, the timer is running. The timer doesn't start afterwards or anything like that. It's just little things like that. I like that it supports tags really well and projects, which is stuff that I use. Mm. It has great shortcuts support if you use uh, Siri shortcuts. I, I really think that if you are using Toggle, you should 100% try the app out. It is a subscription-based app, so you pay for... I don't remember the exact amount off the top of my head, but it has like a free trial type thing. And and like you mm-hmm. can you can use some functionality of the application, but then you have to sign up. Uh, to get more, but like this is like a no-brainer one for me. Like if you're paying for Toggle already, you should pay for this app as well. Like because it's not a lot of money, and it's well worth it because it's going to get you the experience on iOS that you want. And we'll talk about this later on. But I hope that like later this year, maybe it could come to the Mac as well, and then I'll be completely happy. Yeah, this looks really great.
0: I can see why you've been excited about being on the beta of this. This yeah. this looks like what the. Toggle app should be
1: it. One hundred percent is never, never will be. Like the only thing that it is missing that the toggle app has is reports. But reports in the iOS app suck anyway. So yeah, you should, you know, and 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 I and I'm sure that like the developer Joe, like if it's possible for them to build some kind of reporting function, they'll do it, right? Like if the mm-hmm. app is a success, because. They've been great so far. Like I've had a lot of feedback throughout the process and, and they've really made it like just a wonderful application to use and I love it. So if you use Toggle, you should check out Timery. It is now available. Um the one thing that's happened though, Gray, that I've noticed mm. in the past few days, the qu- the conversation has changed. So people would ask me, like, is this app ever coming out? Where's this app? They'll ask me in the Cortex subreddit, I get it on Twitter. Now people are asking me if there's an Android alternative, which, and I was straight up, I have no idea, right? Like, if you listen to this show, you must know I don't know the answer to that question by now. I do not know. I do not know. It's sad. Like, my version of that
0: is people I know, they'll say, is there an Android equivalent to OmniFocus? And I I always feel like, I don't know, man. How would I have any idea? Yeah, like... I can't. I can't help you, Android. It's a whole. It's a whole other. It's like asking me for a great book recommendation in Chinese. Like I don't know. I'm sure there's great books out there, but like I don't know. I can't really help
1: you. <laughs> yep. Like I think to do is would is tip. That's typically what I say to people. Like people are asking after our last episode. Like. You know, I, I'm on Android. Uh, I can't use Things. Like, what would you recommend? It's like at that point, I'd recommend to doist. Like, I recommend to doist anyway. I use to doist. I've used to doist on Android as well, and to doist on Android is great. Mm-hmm. So that is what I would always really, really recommend. I, and I think as well for a lot of people, like OmniFocus is amazing. But really though, most people, like they hear you talk about it and they're like, "Oh, Gray loves it. Like, I would love it," and they would. But most people are not going to use it to the extent that you are.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But this is why, like, yeah, the people who are asking me are usually asking me in person and they're uber nerds. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they're past Todoist. Again, like, Todoist, I know nothing about Android, but if you're going to use Android, like, I know Todoist and it's fine. It's not for me, but I think it's totally fine. But it's no OmniFocus. And that's what I have some super nerds looking for. And it's like, I I can't help you. I'm sure it exists, but I have no idea what it is.
1: But I think that for like ninety five percent of people, uh, Todoist is going to get you there. Like for for yeah, probably
0: yeah, probably for sure. But no, this looks awesome. I love
1: this black mode too. Oh, the dark mode is so good. And there's icons; you can choose different icon colors, which I always appreciate. You know, Uh, so yeah, it's it's really great. So it's it's definitely worth checking out if you if you use Toggle. I really, 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 really recommend it. And I'll put some links in the show notes so you can grab it.
0: Yeah, this looks this looks like if you if you're a listener. And you haven't started time tracking yet. Maybe maybe this is a good time mm-hmm. to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, shiny new app. Mike recommended. If you're out there
1: thinking I should give it a shot. Now you should do it. It works with the free toggle plan too. So if you, if you, oh, interesting. You can interesting. sign up for toggle before you... It works with the free plan. So. Right. Now,
0: now you have no excuse. Yeah. You have no excuse, people. No excuse. None. Start time tracking. This episode of Cortex has been brought to you by time tracking.
1: aren't they all (laughs) though or at least what we should say is this episode is powered by time tracking
0: this episode of cortex is brought to you by audible if you like listening to podcasts which you obviously do then you'll like listening to audiobooks and there's no better place to start listening than audible here's the deal as an audible member every month you'll get three titles one audiobook plus two audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else Audible already had a tremendous library of audiobooks before they even started producing their own original content. You can give Audible a try with a free 30-day trial, and if you're looking for a book to get started with, I can recommend Command and Control, Nuclear Weapons and the Illusion of Safety. It is a sphincter-tightening listen to the number of times we have come very close to the brink of accidentally detonating nuclear weapons. It's really quite unbelievable. But if you don't like being terrified out of your mind, don't worry. With Audible, Audible lets you return your audiobooks in such an easy fashion and just rolls your credits over so that you can get another one. So start listening today with a 30-day audible trial, and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash Cortex or text Cortex to five hundred five hundred. That's Audible A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Cortex or text Cortex to five hundred five hundred. Thanks to
1: Audible for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Cortex has a YouTube channel and oh, as always had a YouTube channel. Maybe people, there are actually probably quite a lot of people who are hearing this whilst they have the YouTube window open, which is always a thing that has always been very intriguing to me—the idea of listening to a podcast on YouTube. But people do it, which is why we have. The why YouTube is app. why why is that intriguing to you, Mike? Um, it's not what YouTube's for, and podcast apps are really good. Uh, but I understand like there aren't necessarily a lot of desktop apps and sometimes people can get around firewalls and all that kind of stuff. But it's still just very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. But if you've never subscribed to the channel because you listen to the show in many different uh, podcast clients, many wonderful podcast clients that exist, we have a new reason for you to subscribe to the Cortex YouTube channel. And that is that Cortex Animated, which is a series which has been called... Um, it was called Unofficial Cortex Animated for a long time, even though I never would refer mm-hmm. to it as unofficial because in my heart, it was very official, um, which right. has been animated and produced by the the very, 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 very talented H.M. Uh, Butte. We have been able to work with them and now they're going to be producing the videos um, for the Cortex YouTube channel instead so it has a new home it is now finally called Cortex Animated officially, we have we have <laughs> removed the unofficial, all you have to do is just search for the Cortex Podcast on YouTube and you will find it and you can subscribe there so the episodes will go there but now also all of the very wonderful Cortex Animated YouTube videos will be there too and I really recommend watching these as they come out, um, I will also put in HMPT's uh, YouTube channel into the show notes as well because that's where like a big backlog of them are in case you've never seen them before so you can go and watch those but there will now be publishing on our youtube channel which i'm really excited about because i absolutely adore these videos because they have the this a perfect way of picking out the parts that i love the most from our episodes Mm -hmm. without me needing to ever ask so like the video that just went up about the last one just picked out the perfect parts of the uh of, of the episode to animate and i'm very i love how it came out
0: yeah, they're they're always really fun to watch, and I'm glad we were able to make them official on the Cortex YouTube channel now. And they're they're super charming, and it's it's great. Although I, I had a obvious obviously obviously I knew this was in the works, uh, but I had a I had a totally bizarre moment uh, while I was out here in the desert. Is a some some internet connection blipped on for a moment, and. I have an if this then that alert set up for uh, <laughs> things getting uploaded to any of the YouTube channels. And I saw this alert come through about like the, the Cortex podcast has published a video. And for, for a second there, I honestly thought I was having a stroke or something. I was like, wait a minute. Oh no, we'll see done. Or, or no, like my actual thought which is sort of like charmingly optimistic and and misguided was did i already record that podcast and i just oh forgot God. like the oh right like first i was like am i having some kind of brain aphasia in this moment i was really confused and the extra problem was I, like, I passed through whatever tiny island of internet connectivity it was. Oh no, <laughs> and the way the way that I had the alerts formatted because it never mattered before was for if this then that's simply to say, like, a video has been published, right? Yeah. I'd like no, it never mattered what it was, yeah, yeah no, nothing. So, it's just like a video has been published, and so again, okay, it's like driving you know through some nothingness and like well i guess i'll find out what happened later <laughs> but so it, in retrospect i should have realized what it was mm-hmm. but when i when i finally got to another oasis of internet i was like oh this is fantastic i was so happy <laughs> uh to see it had become real on the youtube channel in my absence
1: and also you're, you you hadn't lost part of your brain along the way
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was pretty sure we hadn't recorded the show, you know, 20 minutes down the road. I was like, I would have remembered. Why, you know, why do I have equipment that hopefully will be delivered to be where I'm going? You know, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was that was my uh, my very surreal experience with the animated series becoming official, <laughs> was, was through an if this then that alert that had me wondering for quite a while what was going on uh, in internet land to which I had no access. <laughs> but yeah, go check them out. They're absolutely absolutely charming and uh yeah if you haven't subscribed to the cortex youtube channel i think these are an excellent reason to do so
1: yeah it it is a reason right like if you have no if you had had no desire to to also watch the videos of this podcast on our youtube channel before there was no point in you subscribing but now we have a reason because there's going to be additional content there that you would it would be a shame for you to miss out on i
0: think it would be it would be but no I, th- I think people should subscribe to cortex everywhere that cortex can be subscribed to
1: mike that's well so i there's, mean there's multiple reasons so our next episode is going to be that wonderful and rare event where me and you sit around a table and uh look awkwardly around each other's eyes oh. <laughs> not directly into them oh i forgot and because we, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be in, in san jose together for WWDC, which is Apple's developer conference. Yeah. So, considering we are about a week away, I think it's time oh, to God, check in. Oh, God, is it a week away? Yeah, it's a week away. Holy... Well, oh, you got to get okay. moving out of that desert, my friend. you got a plane to catch. I i
0: do i i just legit i legitimately do have a logistics problem that i just realized i need to figure out how to solve as soon as this podcast is over yeah because uh it, yeah <laughs> it, it would just be a
1: real shame if you missed the first day right because that's when literally everything happens so you know and as usual yeah. i'm uh in my i'm acting as official tour guide for you on this trip and i've booked you into all the things you need to go to i i again i
0: mike I appreciate, I appreciate all that you do for me so much. And this mm-hmm. is, I know. this is for sure one of these things of like, if I had to figure out what events I was going to and what tickets I had to book, I would, I would just go to nothing and stay in my hotel room the whole time. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for doing. It's all kind
1: of, that. of funny at this point. Like, I don't even really think about it. Anymore. I
0: really appreciate it. It's, no, it's, it's very nice things. to see these things roll through on my calendar and be like, oh, Mike's, Mike's taking care of me for Apple Week. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm like a weird YouTube outsider descending
1: mm-hmm. upon the city and it's like, where
0: am I supposed to go? I don't know. It's great. It's
1: very nice. Also, that I will mention, if you are a Cortexan and you're going to be in San Jose, I want to see all that Cortex brand merchandise walking around. I want to see many subtleties. I know
0: Mike, wa- I know Mike wants to see it. But I have to say, last WWDC, it was actually weird how many Cortex merch stuff... You I say saw weird, I felt like it- <laughs> I say
1: very good. And that one it was Cortex merch as an idea didn't even exist then.
0: Yes, that's true. That's true. Cortexmerch.com what wasn't a thing there, but mm-hmm. uh yes, but by, by I think um by far the biggest density of of like merch stuff that I ever see is is WWDC.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh of of like Look at look at all these Cortex listeners. This is mm-hmm. this is amazing, but it's also it's also a little weird sometimes. Of like, oh, all these people are wearing the the hoodie and things.
1: It does it does what it happens where like we spoke about stuff like this before. It's just like really funny where uh, me and you have been like together crossing a street and somebody's walking towards us with like with a <laughs> with a Cortex brain t shirt on and they don't notice us. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. I always enjoy that. It's it was very funny to me. And, and I don't know if you.
0: Remember, but we we did have one moment last year that I that I thought was the the height of funniness, where you and I met up somewhere, and we were both wearing Cortex merch. Just you know, we hadn't we hadn't coordinated our outfits, uh, so I think we both we both showed up in Cortex merch, and then one person who listened to the show, and then another person who listened to the show, both were chatting with us and they were wearing cortex merch too so we were like this little quartet of people all wearing the cortex merch and i was like oh
1: okay in, in like the kind of bigger san francisco area san Jose area, we just look like we're some kind of startup oh my god you're right right that's what it looks like
0: <laughs> you know what you're totally right actually it's way more normal there it does look like we're a startup yeah <laughs>
1: but seriously people buy that hoodie it's amazing it's yeah the hoodie is amazing. amazing the hoodie is very good you know what as well like the uh they're not on sale now but probably will be again one day the subtle sweater came in for me today and that thing is amazing i'm very pleased that yeah. it came out
0: yeah my, my i feel like these are our, these are our favorites like mike mike loves the subtle line and mm-hmm. i love the hoodies and it's all it's all fantastic go get some go get some cortex merch dot com
1: I wasn't planning on today being such a cortex merch heavy episode of the show, but like you know, that's how it goes sometimes. So I'm wondering from you because I feel like I, I don't have a a chicken. I don't think we haven't spoken about stuff like this in a while. What are you? What is on your? kind of horizon like what are you hoping for what would make you happy i know we spoke about the uh the apple watch faces and i have i have something i need to tell you about that
0: oh oh god i don't i feel like i don't want to (laughs) know
1: but (laughs) But,
0: (laughs) whatever it is it's not going to be good
1: (laughs) mm, i think you you remember where you said you're going to be like really mad i think you're going to be really mad um but i'm that's that's my expectation aside from the apple watch faces like what is the type of stuff that would make you the happiest from w w d c this year like what are the things that you really want to see solved or added to like what are you hoping for okay i've had i've had a
0: I've had a little bit of a strange experience with this because this morning uh while I was walking around a little bit thinking about the upcoming show while I had some time to prepare while the power was out mm-hmm. uh <laughs> It did dawn on me like oh of course this is our pre WWDC episode and Mike's going to want to know what are the things that I'm looking for software wise out of Apple in this upcoming year. And I realized that this WWDC I'm I'm going into almost without any expectations and and in particular a, a, almost a, a feeling of like Obviously there are things that annoy me and that I would want software wise. But I don't know. I, I feel I feel much less intense about like, oh, I have to have this thing this year. This
1: is what I was hoping you were gonna say.
0: Really? Okay. I I was thinking I'm disappointing
1: you for the show. No, no. Because it, it it backs up a theory that I've had coming into this episode. Okay. You have not listened to any technology podcasts in the last six to eight months. Yeah. So you're yeah. not hearing it's, it's com- the things coming up on a year <laughs> that people are complaining about. Yeah. So it, I've kind of expected that you would just be like, well, nothing big, really, mm-hmm. because you're not hearing what people are discussing. So unless it's directly affecting you, you're probably a little bit oblivious to it. The, the thing that, that
0: did cross my mind, of course, because you're much more connected in this world than I am mm-hmm. is that Mike is going to probably spoil my total lack of expectations for WWDC during this episode and tell yes. me what everybody's thinking is going that to happen. That was my plan. So uh, I figured you would have so, nothing uh, yeah. and then I'm going to tell you a bunch <laughs> of things and then you
1: can tell me if you like them or not. And or then next right. time we can judge right. how they mad you are that they didn't go the exact way that you thought right. they would. So yeah,
0: great. Perfect.
1: This is this is just what I want, Mike. Oh, I'm all Perfect. nice and zen
0: and whatever, and now now it'll all be ruined for the mm-hmm. entertainment of other people. Um
1: well, you know, you gotta be ready. If you at the all the cocktail hour receptions that I've got you booked out over the next week, you've got another talking point. Oh,
0: no, now I'm not so sure about what you've signed me up for, but um <laughs>
1: don't worry about it. Just
0: don't pay attention to some of the invites. So Okay, so let me Okay, so this is this is where I'm expect no 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 Okay, listen. Before before you get all into this, mm-hmm. let me say let me say that two things that i am thinking of a bunch okay. about like walking into this so there's there's two things i want to say first before you before you ruin my party the the first one of these things and this has been on my mind a lot for reasons that will be obvious as soon as i say what it is i'm really curious about maps this year and about okay. driving directions so i can't remember if it was Last year or the year before, when Apple announced their new mapping project, was that last WWDC or was it the previous? No, it was one?
1: like a random time.
0: Ah, uh, okay, so that's why it's not it's not clear in my head. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, Apple announced this this thing where they're building their own mapping system, and uh, they they talked about how their current mapping system was this horrific Frankenstein's monster of different services that they had hobbled together. Which, when they described it, made me feel like, holy cow, I can't believe you made that work in the first place. Like, I can't believe that works at all. And they're starting to build up their own mapping service, like, from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I think, we, we can all see would be useful for many projects, aside from just, you know, maps. To have, a, to have created a 3D representation of the world could be quite useful
1: for many different things like if it lived digitally it's almost like some kind of like alternate reality of some kind yes yes yeah. it could be like some kind of alternate
0: reality it could it could really help real world machines navigate the 3D space around them if they had a digital thing to compare to
1: ah uh. As if they had to go on their own, right like yeah, if, if there machines. was some sort of like
0: autonomous way you were going to have machines act in the real world, like I think building for a company, building their own representation of the world is a uh like it's a very powerful tool to have in your arsenal that's applicable to many things and as we're recording they they released like a trial version of their maps in it's California. it's like
1: it's, it's yeah it, it's in some parts of california and it's like stretching out the thing is this project it's multiple multiple years away from completion multiple oh no years so, away.
0: no no so so here's the here's the thing that i was just going to say about it like mm-hmm. and, and why i've been thinking about it is uh, yeah th- this kind of thing is is huge which is why i was saying like this is useful for many things it's much bigger in scope than i think it even seems as a quote mapping project at first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and so I'm just generally curious to see it roll out because I haven't had the ability to experience firsthand what it's like. But I remember when they announced it, they, in the article it must have been, they said an interesting thing that they were working simultaneously on this new like Map the World project. And they were also working on a new interface for the Maps app and that they didn't want to introduce both of these things at the same time because they thought it would be too confusing and so they wanted to like stagger them and so i'm just kind of curious of like oh i wonder if this year we're going to get a new maps app and i've been thinking about it because i like i know people always poo poo apple maps but i actually really really like it for driving directions okay i find it's very clear about when to turn. The lane guidance is great. But I've been thinking about it a bunch because it sure could use some improvements. And I often find myself really frustrated with it. And wh- one of the things that I find particularly frustrating, especially now, is that the app totally doesn't work the instant you don't have internet. And so is horrifically unuseful for lots of the traveling I've been doing.
1: That's pretty so if
0: you, it, Yeah, if you don't have an internet connection, you cannot search for a location and get directions to that location.
1: Because, like, I know that Google Maps lets you download an area, right? Yeah. And Apple Maps doesn't let you do anything like that. Yeah. So Apple Maps has zero
0: offline ability at all.
1: Woof! That's terrible. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff, right? Where it's like, I know this. This is a thing that I see a lot, and it, and this it can kind of it's a bit it can be a bit frustrating to to hear people make these complaints sometimes. But like, I think it definitely what? holds up here. This is what happens when just people in very particular areas are the ones that are working on these projects. Like, if there's always internet around you, you never really think about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that really is what it's a side effect of. Um, and I, I mean this in a literal way. It is totally useless. You can't search for anything. You can't get directions for anything. It's just dead like it's a pointless app. Mm. And that I find that really frustrating. And so since, since that road trip uh, vlog that I put up and in the past you know, two years since that actually happened, I've been driving around in America a bunch. And I have, I mean, I must have 20 or 30 offline maps saved in Google Maps precisely for this scenario of like anywhere i'm ever going to possibly be i always tell google like just download a copy and i cannot tell you how many times i've had to like had to rely on that to be like where am i going to go next how do i go like even if you're just you're driving somewhere and you change your mind about like you know what i'm not going to go this far i'm going to stop somewhere sooner is there a hotel anywhere right like apple maps can't help you but google maps will if you've downloaded stuff offline so I, i really love their interface But I I would be curious to see them add some more features. And I I was even thinking kind of like in um, the music app, it allows you to set an offline cache. You can say like, look, music app, I don't care what you do, but here's 32 gigabytes of space and you just deal with automatically downloading stuff you think I'm going to listen to. Mm -hmm. And I think like Apple Maps could do something like that. They're never going to introduce a complicated feature like Google has. But I could imagine them
1: oh, honestly, saying yeah, like I disagree oh you can with that. I disagree with that. It, 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 you this is one of those things where you really should give the user specific control. But like cuz on the the music app you can also say download this album. Yes. Right, as yes. well as just giving over a bunch of storage like download this album. So like I think that they need to have that like download this city or this area or this route because yes. the phone's never going to know like, you taking this trip right now, it wouldn't have these maps because you've maybe never been there before, right? So, like, why would it yes. have them? It has to have yes. some user interaction as well as, like, just an element of doing it on its own. But so, so anyway, I just, like, I
0: bring all this up because uh, having done a bunch of driving, uh, I really rely, I rely very heavily on Google Maps. And, like, mm-hmm. and Google Maps is, is great. Uh, I just personally don't like the interface as much. And I find the voice more annoying Uh, like i I prefer to have siri do the instructions Mm -hmm. although british siri not far too california siri i kind of can't stand american slash californian siri she's too chipper for me it's like hey take it down a notch
1: this is the only show doing like a wwdc preview that has given over that amount of time to maps this is what you
0: come here for right it's different mike mike this would be a total shock to listeners i like maps I like maps a lot. Yeah, I like I like looking at the new uh, California maps when when Apple released them. I'm very curious in the the progress of this project, and I have
1: no expectations. I but... expect we'll find out a little bit about that. Like th- there is a yeah. there is some basic rumors about updates to Maps. I don't know if it's going to be particularly what you're looking for. It's kind of around like making it easier to set frequent locations and stuff, and like grouping mm-hmm. locations and adding photos to them of your own. And that, I don't really know why.
0: But this is, this is what I mean by my Zen. This I'm not looking for anything. I don't expect that Apple would ever introduce an offline feature. I, I'm just listing this as, what are the things that I'm curious about? And mm-hmm. I would love to hear an update on, hey, how's that mapping program going? Or see if they decide this is the year to do the new interface.
1: If they talk about maps at all, they will probably give an update on that, um, yeah. that mapping project. What is the other thing? You said you had two things.
0: The other thing, which is, which is more of a problem more of a frustration and I just I just don't even want to really talk about it but I will just get it on the record is my endless endless long-term frustration with the way notifications work on Apple I have no expectation that this is going to improve in any way hmm. this year at WWDC What are you looking but,
1: for I mean I'm genuinely so happy with what they did with iOS 12
0: It is an improvement don't get me, like it's an improvement but i think this is my expectation is this is the one of those things where they're going to be like ah, we improved it and it's much better and now we won't touch it for years that's mm-hmm. my that's my expectation um like the one that is is the biggest and obvious and most easy to talk about problem is that the apple watch has no concept of notification management so like if i put iMessage and some other apps in Downtime where they're supposed to be totally inaccessible and not send me any messages. My Apple Watch will still charmingly send me all the iMessages that people are sending me at yeah, any time dumb. of the day. That's right? just so
1: dumb. I can't. Yeah, it's like it's that. That sounds like a different company's making the Apple Watch.
0: It 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 really does. And I I always think every time like I get caught off guard by that, I always think about there must be parents out there who think they've stopped their child <laughs> texting, right?
1: <laughs> Who have who have no idea oh that their god. kid is
0: perfectly able to text all
1: night long just by talking into the watch? Oh my right? like, god, Gray, that's amazing! I've never heard yeah. someone mention this before.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure it's this, I'm sure it's a big secret, right? Like the kids well, are yeah. going to keep their mouth shut about it. Well, no, but- I
1: just even this, I did, I completely forgotten about the fact that the notifications still go to the watch on the, when downtime is set, and I think part of the reason is. I don't think many people use that downtime feature. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the downtime feature is how parental controls work now. Yeah. Right? Like they are tied together pretty much. So, that's hilarious. They they're
0: intended to be parental controls, yeah. which is why I think they have these weird edge cases. Like there's a whole there's a whole bunch of things that like I just I, I genuinely don't want to get into because I recognize like I'm a very edge case user here. I
1: think you're going to be happy though about um uh, so let's imagine that this does get fixed. Okay. One of the rumors for screen time, mm-hmm. so it includes all of this stuff, right? Is that there will be some additional controls, and they're meant to be parental controls, but again, it's, it all mm-hmm. kind of mixes together about limiting who can be contacted during certain times. Oh, that would be great. So you could say, "I don't during these hours, I don't want to be contacted by anyone except my wife."
0: Okay, yeah. See, that's that's perfect. Yep. That if that comes to pass, I'd be really. Thrilled about it. Mm -hmm. Uh because that that, again, iMessage usually for me is is the absolute core of the problem because it spans the importance of people in my life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: But it's but if you don't shut it off, it's just a fire hose. It could could be anywhere.
0: And and yeah, I feel like you I have several levels of like, are you a direct family member? You know, you should be able to reach me all the time. Are you friends? And, and, and then in particular, like, is this a number that I've never heard of before, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. don't, you should basically never be able to bother me. The one, the one I wonder, I wonder if it has anything to do with like telephony laws or something, but I'm always baffled that there's not a setting where I can say only people in my address book can call my phone. Like that, that's the one that always blows my mind when I get some like random phone call and it's like, Hey, you're, you're. You're nobody to me, number I've never heard of. Like why do you, And and the thing that's extra frustrating about that is it's not just that you get to call, but that you get to turn my
1: whole phone useless for a minute.
0: Like, you take over the whole screen?
1: I, I really hope that that's something that they fix. Like, there is literally nothing on iOS that can can do this except for calls. So, like, FaceTime yeah. does it. I have no problem with FaceTime video doing it because there's an actual usage to that. Because yeah, if I'm yeah. going to be on a video call, I would like to see myself before I answer. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, like, there's that's a that's useful. For but, like, for audio calls... I don't understand like why can't it just be a notification like every other type of notification. When I get an iMessage, I don't get like a full screen preview of it like when it comes right. in.
0: Yeah, and and if you reject the iMessage, the other person knows because their iMessage has been instantly <laughs> rejected. Been right? So you just have to sit there like an idiot. Yeah, it's um that that if they if they introduce something like that, I'll be very happy if there's any kind of communications Hierarchy, particularly for iMessage, mm. but yeah, there's there's just there's a lot of weird, buggy edge case stuff still around notifications and how they come through and how things are are done that I just don't really expect to change. But if something like that can be set up for iMessage, I'd be pretty happy about it, and that'd be a big that would be a big improvement in my life. Even just priority levels for iMessage would be a pretty big deal. So that that would make me happy, Mike. But now now do you see what the problem is? you raised my expectations where i had none where i thought and, uh, <laughs> i'll never
1: get any of this so i'll just see what happens and now if i don't get it i'm going to be angry the issue i think the issue we find is if you're if you're left to your own devices the things that you will wish for and get disappointed about are things that are probably not going to happen but like if you mm-hmm. but now at least i can tell you some stuff that you can start to get excited about which is maybe more likely to happen
0: i don't know i think i think i preferred my zen state of mind of yeah. like oh well
1: I'll see, I'll see what happens. Well, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to, to get away right. from this, so buckle up. Right. Gonna, I'm going <laughs> right, to take you on a go. whistle-stop tour of some of the things that I think are the most important that will hopefully be coming out of WWDC this year. Okay. I'm super excited to tell you that this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Boosted. If you're anything like me, you're always looking for cool ways that technology can improve your life, and it's particularly great when that technology can solve a problem and make my day a little bit more fun well boosted are the makers of vehicle grade electric skateboards and scooters they have a 22 mile range and a maximum speed of 24 miles per hour they were designed to provide a luxurious experience and this is one of the reasons that they were named one of time's best inventions of 2018 you have five options to pick from including their new scooter the boosted rev there is a personal electric vehicle that is tailor-made for you and they have prices that start at 61 dollars a month with financing now boosted were kind enough to send me one of their boards i got the boosted mini s um, and i want to play to you my unboxing and actually me riding the board all right so let's open this boosted mini s oh damn look at that that is good looking oh there's the controller oh that's nice that feels good in the hand all right so i got my boosted board let me get on here we go Oh yeah, this is pretty good, I'm doing it, this feels great, I actually really love this. I had a ton of fun with this thing, I couldn't believe genuinely how easy it was and how confident I felt as somebody who doesn't really have much skateboard experience. So you've got to go and check these out. They have a bunch of amazing skateboard options, and now they have the Boosted Rev, which is their new scooter as well, because right now Boosted is offering Cortex listeners $75 off the purchase of an electric vehicle when you use the code Cortex at checkout. So go to BoostedBoards.com and use the code Cortex at checkout to get $75 off your vehicle that is boosted promo code cortex 75 dollars off at checkout our thanks to boosted for their support of this show and relay fm what else is coming there's a lot of stuff that's been leaked and rumored um but there are some key areas that i think are worth talking about probably the one that will be the biggest is ipad apps on the Mac. Oh yeah, the Marzipan stuff, right? Yes. So this is uh, the internal code name that has been public but leaked publicly for a couple of years is the project is called Marzipan. It's very unlikely to be called Marzipan as its public project name because that doesn't make yeah. any sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're not gonna pick a strong bad character from the early two thousands to name their new project after. That's not gonna happen.
1: I think that's what it is, but sure it could that could be the reason. So this will be. This is part of a multi-year project to bring iOS apps to the Mac, um, and maybe back again. We'll see. We don't know what that's actually going to end up looking like. Uh, but it starts with iPad, so just iPad applications. So this currently um, on the Mac, there are a selection of these applications that Apple made for themselves, but now they're going to be uh, beefing up these tools and making them available for developers that this is what is expected. And this will probably be the, the biggest thing that comes out of WWDC. There will be things for users like, you know, and we're going to talk about some of those things that like the average user might be more excited about, but considering this is a developer Mm -hmm. conference, this is the big one um, because it, will enable more people to develop for the Mac than they have been before, and it will also enable existing Mac developers who have iOS apps to be able to simplify their work processes a bit, possibly. Mm. The other thing that this is going to do is cause... Lots and lots of concern and worry amongst many different types of people um, about what the future of Apple's platforms are going to be, um, but we don't need to get into that here on this show because I think that, like me, you will be very uh, intrigued and excited about the prospect of iPad apps on the Mac because I'm sure, you know, as somebody who uses both devices, that there are some apps that you have on iOS that don't exist on the Mac or that you prefer the iOS versions than the Mac versions. Um, and it will be really cool to be able to to have this stuff as well as somebody who cares about the iPad. Um, I think that this is going to be very good for the iPad as well because it will, I think, enable or will empower some developers to think about the applications as being more professional, more powerful now that they can exist in both places. So I'm really excited about what this could mean for the next few years. Yeah, and
0: I think... It only makes sense that over the long scale, Apple would want to decrease the workload on developers. And if, if they can do anything to streamline the process of you can get this app on multiple devices, that's that's good for them. Like That's good for the whole ecosystem. That's good for all of the devices. In the same way that... Um, I forget what it's called, but the, the thing that they that the developers talk about how you can like resolutionly independently design what your app looks like. And iOS should do a lot of work mm-hmm. to kind of stretch it for different phones and even stretch Size it for classes. the iPad. Size classes. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I was like, like I've, I've heard the nerds talk about those things much. <laughs> bunch. And it's like, a, and as as someone who has spent a lot of time doing, say, vector artwork, like I completely understand this concept of like you can design a thing sort of independent of the way it's going to be shown. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's obvious, like, it's obviously a thing that's better and good to do, rather than like, oh, you have to, you have to lovingly place each pixel exactly where it's supposed to be for app development or for animation. So that makes sense. And it makes sense that, it that, that like, I don't know, if you think about it, if a company were to start over today, it would seem insane to say, oh, we have a bunch of engineers, but we're going to split all of their time across two totally separate platforms that will be non-interchangeable. And it's like, wh- why would you do that? Of course, you'd want to design one operating system that would just express itself differently in different places. So yes, I'll be curious to see how far along it is. Last year's Marzipan was... Felt very much like a oh hey we're trying a thing um it's not open to developers but we're just we're just messing around and we'll see how this goes so I'll I'll be curious to see if they have something like uh you know like a real API for developers to ec- start well no the with.
1: expectation gray is that there will this will be now to, for apps shipping in the fall like that is the expectation that like really this is hmm. year one um and year one is i is iPad and then next year will be iPhone. And then the year after that will be like some other thing, which which kind of ties them all together even more. Hmm, interesting. But yeah, the, the plan is that like that, that is the the kind of agreed upon expectation from all of the rumors and all of the reports are saying that that is going to be this year that we will see the first uh, set of, of apps being able to be released from iPad to the Mac. Um, I I think it's very exciting. I'm very intrigued about it. I think from Apple's perspective, as you say, it makes perfect sense because they're able to take two platforms, which are the Mac and the iPad, which are doing great, but they're not the iPhone. And if they can kind of concentrate development around one single application, it might help both platforms because a company could make a good iPad app and it they'll get the Mac version and they they will do some tweaks to make it work well, you would hope. But then they don't have to start from the start. And I think part of this is because really in recent years, Mac development has slowed down quite a lot. And there are not a lot yeah. of new Mac apps anymore. And this gives Apple the ability to allow for that platform to still get attention and love and care as long as they do it right. So it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of particulars about just how well this is going to work. But for someone like me, who is predominantly iOS... Like I'm mm-hmm. really hoping for it because I have some applications that I absolutely rely on that when I'm sitting at the Mac, I would love to be able to get access to you know like mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned timery before and the 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 time zone app that I love Calzones like I want to be able to have those apps on my Mac because the stuff that I'm using on my Mac is just not as good as the iOS apps that I'm used to using so you know what I mean you have complained for a long time about like say like fantastic cow that it's like it's different on the two yeah. platforms and this will hopefully start to bring a lot of that closer together for some, uh, for some developers. And I was mentioning earlier, right? There aren't a lot of desktop uh, podcast clients. Well, that will change, mm-hmm. right? With with yeah. with, with Marzipan, because there are loads of iOS podcast apps, but not. I, I can't think of any. That make an actual desktop application. There's some that have web players and stuff, but this will allow for that.
0: Downcast them. is the only one I can think of. It has a Mac app? It has an actual okay. separate Mac app. Because right. I know I, I use that for years. But it's interesting because I sort of think of the Marzipan project. It's almost like a like a conservation project in in the sense Ooh, of that's nice. there's a resource out in the world, which is developer retention. And there's only so many developers able to work on so many things. Like skilled developers are, are a, a non-infinite resource. And I think that's why we see it play out that there is this economy of scale effect just in the computing world in general. Like, for example, Windows Phone became extinct. And I think part of the reason was because it was just like one platform too many, for developers to spread their resources across and you know it's it's interesting talking sometimes to people who create apps or who run companies that have an app side and like you very much have to make this decision about you know what platforms are we going to spend developer attention on and it's like okay we're you know we're going to make something for android and we're going to make something for the iphone and it's like that's 100 for sure and then after that you you run into this limited resources problem
1: right but even then like companies will prioritize like sometimes you'll be like right we're going to make an android version first and then we're going to yes. ios will come later or vice versa right like that that's another a part of it and then i think you know these days if you're making an application from the start like ipad and the mac it's probably a toss up between them and they're definitely at the bottom of the list right and i think yeah. apple would prefer it if that wasn't the case
0: if apple pulls off marzipan in the way that w- would be ideal. It's I really think of it as like this conservation project. It's like, oh, it's it's, it's almost like um installing more efficient electric light bulbs in a bunch of houses. It's like, oh, okay, great. We still have the same amount of electricity, we still have the same amount of developer time, but we can now more efficiently distribute this to produce more. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really interested to see how it goes and I think it it totally makes sense as a as a long-term Apple project. And so, and so now I hope to see a lot of interesting things about
1: marzipan at uh, wwdc let me tell you one that i know is going to make you happy okay there are very strong indications of a system-wide dark mode for ios no
0: no don't fucking talk to me about dark mode because no no look no you because every every year every every goddamn year it's the same thing it's like oh dark mode's gonna be this year for sure right i'm sure someone can put together a compilation of every year on cortex me going like this year's the year for dark mode so no mike no I've given up. I, dark mode, not going to happen this year. Say, I'm saying 100% not going to happen this year because it's never going to happen because I can't, I can't put my heart... I can't put my heart into hoping for dark mode. So don't you dare do this. Don't you dare do this to me if about was, this year is the I mean, year for dark it's mode. It's
1: obviously not going to be, we know. But like, if it was going to be, uh, people would say that as well. there would also be a toggle and control center, which feels kind of perfect, if it was going to be such a thing that would ever exist.
0: Yeah, of course. That's the way it should be, is a system-wide... Look, everybody, it's dark mode time now. Um, God damn it, Mike no I, I refuse i refuse to discuss dark mode anyway it's not going to happen mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not even i'm not even going to get my hopes up that what i think is obviously an accessibility feature is actually going to make it so i don't want to i don't want to hear it mike no
1: next next item For the new version of android coming this year they they have a dark mode and they said like they called it out during google I/O. they were like it actually improves your battery life which is like i ag- yeah it probably does, especially on OLED phones. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, for the OLED phones. that That's true, because the pixels are are mm-hmm, uh, off. Uh, truly off.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to know what the number is, though, right? Like, it can't be more than 5%. So here's what <laughs> I was thinking on that, right? Like, Apple would not say that. Mm-hmm. Android, like, Google needs to say that, because mm-hmm. Android phones' battery life is so crazy. Some of it's, like, the best battery life you can get on a phone and some of it's Mm -hmm. abysmal right like they run the whole gamut Mm -hmm. even on like the top tier phones right like hmm. it just because it's, it's so variable a, a, across them all but because Apple just make a small set of phones they can kind of control that battery life story a bit better right because like right. They, we make these phones and there is like a 90 minute difference between the top and the bottom but like on Android hmm. it's like well this one could run for 3 hours or this one could run for 6 weeks right like it's just they can go wherever they want in that, in that kind of realm so they'll, they'll mention it but yeah it would be a big difference hmm. iPad multitasking Something happened to me today, Gray, that has never happened before, and mm-hmm. I'm pleased that it happened. Now, I had to explain to somebody over text message how to use split screen on the iPad.
0: Oh, okay. Text only. That was your only, mm.
1: only method of communicate. How'd that go? It actually went fine, but okay. I had to really think about how to describe it. <laughs> uh huh. Like our friend Federica. I am overall a fan of the way that Apple implemented the enhancements to multitasking on the iPad. Mm -hmm. Federico just wrote this wonderful article about working on the iPad, and he talks about multitasking in it quite a lot. And he reminded me of what it used to be like with the old app switcher, Mm -hmm. right? And I am so pleased that we do not live in that world anymore, but I am very aware of the complexity of the system, and the things that it is lacking. And I'm really hoping, and I have my fingers crossed, and all the signs are really pointing to that we're going to see some changes this year because the same rumors for the same stuff that we're getting now, they were all rumored last year. But then there was this, there was a lot of backlash against Apple, and they had to focus on performance and stability. So they put the iPad stuff on the back burner. So my hope is not only are we going to get enhancements to iPad multitasking. They're actually going to be even better because they've had longer to work on them. So what I want to see, and what I hope we will, and I think we will, is some refinements to the system. Like There are times where multitasking on iOS, so having multiple apps open, and how you open those apps is clunky, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, It works, and if you know how it works, it's very powerful. But you've got to get your head around it, and I would love to see them make some changes to it. You know, I still wish for what you asked for two years ago which is the ability in just using keyboard shortcuts to be able to open applications and move them around i Mm -hmm. i really hope that that's something that exists but that still feels like it's on the edge Uh, i i would just like to see some changes mike remember when we first complained about
0: keyboard shortcuts and i had what i thought was a very modest proposal Mm -hmm. you know we we heard back sort of like unofficially but like totally from the inside like oh don't worry we've got something amazing that like you won't you won't even be you won't even be wanting those keyboard shortcuts and and then it's like okay two years later here we are right or maybe, uh, now, like maybe now maybe now you're gonna get the amazing
1: thing <laughs> yeah but like i feel like apple <laughs> didn't get the chance for whatever reason uh the people that work on this stuff to actually iterate Right we are still using two years later version one of this new multitasking system, so I'm hoping right. that we see some some iteration on it and one of the big things, which is this is being reported on very widely, but it's very no one seems to have a real consistent way to explain it, but the idea of being able to run multiple instances or windows of the same application in multiple places mm-hmm. Now, this is like a key thing, right? No, so like the ability to have two Google Sheets open next to each other mm-hmm. or to be able to have Google Sheets and Twitter open. I don't know why you would do that, but you could uh, in one app pair and Google Sheets and Google Docs open in another app pair and they don't break and they stay together. Um, this is the kind of stuff that, again, when you start thinking, so here's, here's where a lot of this can kind of start to come full circle. That kind of needs to be in place more heavily if you are thinking about iPad apps on the Mac right right of course right so when you start to think about those two things in parallel about multiple windows and and multiple views you can start to see that obviously if you want to make an app feel at home on the Mac that's very normal so then you could be like well if it's going to be on the Mac then they can find a way to do it on the iPad as well and that might be part of the reason why because that's complex enough why they focused on the iPad for this first version not the iPhone so my hope would be that we're going to see not just improvements to multitasking, but also the like just the way that the system itself is navigated and, and to be kind of be made mm-hmm. to be more powerful for people that want it more powerful like me and also more approachable for people that need it to be more approachable, but also mm-hmm. that we would see the ability to use applications in multiple places um, without kind of like disrupting the the other views of the app that we've got. I think that would be amazing
0: yeah that would actually address perhaps one of my workflow frustrations mm-hmm. in that because i've I've come to terms with using the iPad as a research slash reading buddy instead of as the primary device that I'm doing computing on. Also, it should now be more obvious in retrospect to the listeners, partly because uh, I've been using Final Cut Pro a hell of a lot more over the last two years for some projects, which is definitely a thing that influenced my move back to the Mac Mm -hmm. that I couldn't really talk about before. But one of the frustrations that I have that would be great is the ability to have multiple windows in Safari, because as, as often I'm working on like two or three video projects sort of in parallel... And I've been using the iPad for, like, looking up stuff, which I totally love. You know, I always end up with, oh, like, here's 20 tabs that are about this one project. And they're right next to here's 20 tabs about this other project. And I'd love to be able to, like I can on the computer, say, this is the Safari window that's holding all the tabs for project A. And this is the Safari window that's holding all of the tabs for Project mm-hmm. B and to keep them separate. That
1: would be, be great. It's
0: very easy to do on the Mac, but is not possible right now to do on the iPad. So if there was an ability to do multiple instances of Safari, I would use the heck out of that every single day. That would that would be a, a very big workflow improvement because right now i end up just trying to always like rearrange the tabs to put all of the same ones together and then like scroll horizontally back and forth between the groups which is fine but it's not ideal and it's very easy to like lose a tab somewhere in in those bunches so that would be great that'd be really great
1: yeah that this is this is the thing that I am hoping for the most is is these multiple app instances and multitasking improvements. Would you
0: use that like with Google Sheets and Google Docs for show prep? Like is that, oh, the, is that the use man. case for
1: you? Just so many, right? Like the, <laughs> the ability, for example, to just always have a Safari window and a Google Sheet open for when I want to do invoicing, right? It just lives there and I could just op- go into that space hmm. whenever I wanted. But even just something as simple as, which is something I do all the time, two google docs i very frequently need to be able to use two google docs at the same time um, for like show preparation stuff and for research stuff but also just the idea of not having to every time i want to change from looking at notes to looking at sheets to have to like oh well now i've got to break down this app pair and rebuild it again Mm -hmm. like I, i really like the idea of of being able to have that and then have some kind of like really nice window management, right? So like, I'm not like hunting for that space that I built, right? Like I I really, I really am. I'm really hoping that we start to see a lot more about this. I feel like, I feel like I'll end up getting in trouble for saying something like this, but what an actual real future operating Oh, don't say it, Mike. (laughs) could look like, right? Like Uh that, that you have the ability here to be like, look, We're all using touchscreens now, and touchscreens are clearly the future because they're the current and they're dominant, and PCs all have touchscreens Right, so like touch is a huge part of computing. It's probably you know what I'm gonna sh- yes. strike that. Touch is the main way that people interact with computing devices now because we all use our phones all the time, right? So, mm-hmm. like, so I would love to see just a different way of thinking about this type of stuff, like window management and application management, and how we arrange them and how we navigate between them on a device that is a big, beautiful touch screen, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's let's continue pushing that forward, and and I hope that some of this stuff is going to show me a little bit more about that because I can see parts of it in here, right? So like when I go into the current multitasking and I have all these little live previews of all these windows, like that's visually quite nice because I can see Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's that one and that's that one and that's that one. So I'm hoping to see some stuff there. But one of the things that I also really want, which would tie into this, is I don't want to see a grid of app icons anymore.
0: Yeah, that has always felt out of place on the iPad in particular. Let's change
1: the desktop, right? Let me create my own shortcuts to open these two applications together. Or let's put some documents on there. Let's put some widgets. Let's get rid of this silly <laughs> app icon grid, right, which shouldn't be on the iPad in 2019 the way that this looks. It should be a little bit more rich than that. And again, this is something which has been rumored for a couple of years. The rumors have come around again this year that there's going to be more going on in the home screen. So we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious uh, if that actually comes to pass because th- that does feel like an a- an annual. Oh, this has to change because it's so obviously dumb to just have these these tiny squares on this gigantic screen, and it's totally useless real estate. I'd love to see something more interesting and more usable, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that anytime soon. But you know, I'd I'd love to see it.
1: This episode of Cortex is brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook eat and enjoy hellofresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes Their fresh pre-measured ingredients are sent right to you and they have easy to follow six step picture recipe cards they're all delivered to your door every single week in a special insulated box all meals come together in 30 minutes max they call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup there are three plans to choose from they have classic veggie and family and you can switch between them whenever your tastes change I want to tell you, I've said this before, but it's super true. HelloFresh changed my life. By signing up for HelloFresh and having used it for a few years, I've been able to change completely what I eat. I am more adventurous about the food because I'm making it myself and I can see how it's all made and I can get to understand ingredients better. But more than that, I've learned to cook. Like that is an incredible skill that HelloFresh has given me that whilst it's amazingly easy to follow their recipe cards, there's now a bunch of things we've remade enough times that I just know how to make certain meals. It's unbelievable. I love HelloFresh and I think that you will too. So to get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com cortex 80 and enter cortex 80 at checkout. That's basically receiving eight meals for free. So go to hellofresh.com cortex 80 and use the promo code cortex 80. 0 Cortex 80. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and Relay FM. In leading up to this episode of being recorded, leading up to, this isn't why people did this, but there have been like a bunch of different reports. So the two kind of biggest reports is Mark Gurman at Bloomberg and Guillermo Rambo at 9to5Mac, right? These are the two individuals who have had kind of the most to say, and they're credible uh, people who have seem to have very good information. And both of them are talking about updates to reminders and mail and there being significant hmm. feature improvements in the both. reminders is basically let's actually do something with reminders it? Say, has, that, has that been
0: updated in 10 years i don't know if it has it hasn't <laughs> been touched in a doesn't very long time
1: doesn't it still have the paper texture on it, it does in the background? Yes. I think yeah it but does. so does notes though it's very faint but it's but it is
0: there yeah no N- notes every time i notice it it makes me smile it's like oh hi Hi, the ghost of Steve Jobs still haunting this phone. <laughs> I notes, like,
1: notes I can excuse it for when the Apple Pencil came around. Like now I can excuse yeah. it again. Like I didn't excuse it when they, when they kept it, but now I do. But so, you know, what's actually going to come to Reminders and Mail? Like the reports seem to be indicating different stuff. But like, for example, we could see snoozing features come to Mail. So like mm. stuff to actually, which I think, you know, whether you use that type of features or not, I think Apple's Mail app is falling behind on what mail apps do today. And I would love to see yeah. them add some stuff in, which makes it a little bit more uh, current.
0: Yeah, if, if Apple introduced in their mail apps some kind of snoozing or boomerang feature where you can tell a message to go away and then come back later, I would finally seriously think about using that as part of the workflow. Because, sure. you know, like we've, like we've discussed the wheel of email apps. Like I just, I never quite want to get into that with any particular app because it always you're then really relying on that app. And I just feel like uh, it's, you know, we've discussed email many times. But if Apple introduced that, since I use the mail app for my email anyway, I would, I would begin to think about, oh, how does this make sense yeah. in my workflow? Because you don't have
1: that. to worry about Apple's mail app running out of money and closing down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I constantly worry about with every email app that I've ever used over the last five years. What's the business model? What's Nobody the business knows. Model? What's the business model? <laughs> and remind us as well. Like I have no idea what they're really going to do to this. But what I hope they do is they do to remind us what they did to Notes because Notes became a joke until they put focus yeah. on it a few years, like years ago. It's like iOS 9 and made it good. And then they haven't needed to touch yeah, it really. Yeah, Notes is great now. Because Notes yeah. has, like they rebuilt it and they made it fantastic. And they never did that to Reminders. And Reminders has still kind of got stuck in the past. And I think it would be really great for Apple to make an application that was closer to a To Doist, right? Or a Things, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't think that they're ever going to, I don't think they're going to get as close to those things as app as notes did get to notes apps right like uh, because i think the inherent complexity of a good to-do app will kind of stop them from from being able Mm -hmm. to get there without really sinking a lot of time into it which is probably not necessary but it would be really great to see a uh, you know what i would be super intrigued to see can apple make reminders so good that i would consider switching to it
0: Oh wow! Okay, because I, I could. think It's gonna be there's gonna be a, a high bar, but but you could. It's within it is within the realm of possibility. That it they is could way do that
1: closer for, for me yeah. than it is for you, right? Because ultimately, yeah. I am using projects and due dates. Like they are like the two yeah. main features that I use in a to do app. Like I I'm very simple with with what I'm doing, and then I add little bits in here and there, but I don't really need a lot more. So. Yeah. I'm keen to see, like, how close can they get to making something that I would really want to use? That's what I'm intrigued about. The
0: thing they could do for me is replace things as the alternate, yep. oh, God, yep. so, so, like, I need something else to tr- to separately track the mission-critical stuff. Mm-hmm. They could replace things in my recommendation hierarchy if they did to reminders what they did with notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and And, of course... As someone who is professionally interested in task managers, uh, anything they do, I'll be very interested to see what it is. No matter, um, no, no matter what they do, like, oh, they've added this. That's nice. And you know, I don't, I don't use reminders very often, but I do, I do find that it's, it's perfect for like a certain kind of lazy reminder where I'll, I'll just be, uh, you know, I'll just say something like. Hey Siri, remind me to buy milk when I leave the office. Like that, that kind of thing. That's what I use reminders okay. for.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Siri. See, that's it. Um, that's the that's the case where I use it sometimes, and it's great. And and now when I get back to my office, which is what two thousand miles and at least two months away,
1: as soon I will as you buy leave it, some milk. yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be like. Oh, okay. <laughs> you'll come home that day and you'll put the milk in the fridge. Like, There's so much milk here already. What What happened to me? <laughs> Something that I'm, looking, I'm hoping that they do well is uh, screen time on the Mac.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's the thing that I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: would like to see that. But that is a thing that is apparently coming. And it's like, what will that be? Will that be for just apps that are iOS apps or will it be for all apps? Like, how deep is it going to go? Like, I, but I would love to have that collection of data. Right as well as what's going on on my iOS devices. This is what we spoke about when we did our big screen time comparison episode. Yeah. Of like, there is all this lost time because we're doing stuff on the Mac. So I would mm-hmm. love to know what all of that data looks like when also compared with my iOS devices as well. I think it would be fascinating.
0: Yeah, and
1: and just
0: for completeness' sake, screen time on the Apple TV.
1: <laughs> I thought he were going to say on the Apple Watch, but yes, on the Apple TV would be good too.
0: Right, because that—that's when we did our street. That when we did our screen time. You still can't that do was, it.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't know why I have such a hard time street saying crimes. That. Street crimes. Yeah. When we did our street crime episode
0: i don't know this is just, this is like a, a two set, i cannot say these words properly every time but uh yeah whenever we did that comparison last time that was like the big thing that was missing for me is like oh i've also when i'm not reading i'm watching netflix and like all this time is totally unrepresented yep this does tie back into a little bit of my concerns about notification and, and downtime though where there's i i think very few people use it but it is really glitchy with how it handles websites and allowing or disallowing safari as a as an app and like it constantly messes up this thing and there's some weird interactions there and if they do bring screen time to the mac and there's any kind of unified downtime i just genuinely hope they allow users to set different settings for different devices Because that's one of my current frustrations that however however you want to use downtime right now, you have no choice that it has to treat every single device the exact same way that's signed into iCloud.
1: So you're saying you want that to be the case? You want to be able to say all of them? I want
0: to be able to specify different downtime settings for my computer versus my phone. Right. Right. So like, you know, iMessage is blocked everywhere in the morning, but like maybe on the computer, I don't want it for a different reason right yeah, like this, yeah or actually it's it's mainly it's safari that's usually the one that's the that's the problem so
1: on your iphone and your ipad do they match up or, or right now on no? though they do
0: they match up right now and you have no ability to set them differently oh that's crazy yeah which causes
1: some problems particularly around safari there's so much i don't know about this downtime system because I really don't know anybody that uses it except you. I may be the only user. I, I know people using the tools for parental control reasons, right? But yeah. parental control reasons pretty much inherently means you don't know what's actually happening <laughs> right, As right. the parent. And, and whoever is using the device doesn't want to tell, tell you <laughs> if
0: there's leakage in the system. So, yeah. Um, papa,
1: papa, I can get right. to the websites. Yeah, that's not yeah,
0: happening. Yeah, so, like, there, there is, again... I don't even want to try to describe the situation. I will just say that there's a lot of very strangeness in the behavior, particularly around Safari, and if Safari is available or if the websites are available or not. And that's usually the one that causes me the most problem. Um, And so I would like to be able to have screen time tracking everything but then be able to separately specify like oh downtime applies to my ios devices but i don't want it to apply to the computer like that i would like to be able to set that up but I, I i have no expectations that that will be possible
1: i will at this point uh, i would like to read to you a quote from bloomberg okay. about apple watch faces uh So this is, again, this is obviously not confirmed. We're not going to know, but this is the report. The company is planning several new watch faces. A gradient face that makes a gradient look out of a color that the user chooses. (laughs) At least two new extra large faces that show jumbo numbers in different fonts and colors. A California dial that looks like a classic watch face that mixes Roman numerals with Arabic numerals. A redesigned solar analog face that looks like a sundial. <laughs> and a new infograph sub dial that includes larger complication views like a stock market chart or the weather. Look. Look. I will just go on to say uh, that Apple is adding more watch face complications which show additional snippets of information beyond just the time. There will be one that shows... Oh, wow. this, I think that's strangely written. I, I think they're trying to explain what complications are in this article as opposed to... But anyway, there'll be one that shows the status of audiobooks, One another showing the battery life of hearing aids, and one that measures external noise and brain data. Is this all what you were looking for? I,
0: I don't want to be mean, mm-hmm. but...
1: let me be mean for a minute (laughs) but
0: i don't know if it's constraints placed on them by the company but the apple watch face design team has had half a decade to do something genuinely useful and i think they have basically totally failed at this job and it's It's endlessly frustrating to me how the Apple Watch, which still is a device that I totally love, is so hamstrung by the watch faces. From a very high level, what what do you want to see? Here's like a very basic problem: is whoever is designing these faces doesn't doesn't know how looking at a watch works. (laughs) Like, so I use the infographic face right now which has the analog uh, watch hands and then you can put some circle complications
1: okay so you, you're using the one with the watch face not the modular one which is like just a digital face yeah. you're using one with yeah the, analog the, mod- the modular
0: one is so ugly it could cause a seizure if you look directly at it it's <laughs> horrific that's problematic for a watch it is yes uh even like the, the, the freaking font they use for the numbers is like a like a font for morons But uh, so I'm using the infograph watch face and it's like, okay, here's a basic idea of design, which is like information hierarchy, something like if I'm making a video and say you're trying to explain something to people, I spend a lot of time thinking about when this is on screen, what's the focus of the thing? Like what's the primary thing that people are going to be looking at? And you want to like draw their eye to that thing. And there can be more stuff on the screen, but you shouldn't have competing focuses. And so on this watch face, what do you what do you look at when Mike, when you look at a watch, why are you looking at the watch? Well, I want to know what the time is. Right. So do I 80 to 90% of the time that I'm looking at a watch. But like on this watch face, what is the most difficult thing to read? It's the freaking time because the, the markers for the hours are less bright than they could be. There's too many little markers, so it's not visually easy to be able to distinguish like how far along the minute hand is. Reading the time is actually quite hard. And what is all the secondary information, which is the complications, are visually much brighter Than the actual watch face itself. Mm. And like this is such Mm. a basic fundamental failure in displaying information that it it's like really this year when they rolled out these watch faces and I and I had like I had a kind of mental breakdown that I that I I smartly avoided putting online. You know, we talked about it ages ago where I was like snapshotting all the watch faces and I was like, I'm I'm gonna make something complaining about all this, and then I decided to, to put that aside like i i just to me it totally confirms like whatever this team is doing it's a total failure on every level and there's no
1: hope for the future <laughs> and <laughs> let's let's just let's just wait until next week <laughs> before we categorically state that right let's just wait look whatever whatever they're doing i i think it just it just has
0: to be opened up to developers to to do their own things yeah
1: i will tell you that that is absolutely nowhere in these reports that that's going to be coming this year, uh, third-party watch faces.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to come. Uh, And uh, I think Apple thinks they're doing a great job with this. I
1: think it will, because we said this about custom keyboards, right? Like The idea of Apple allowing anyone to make a custom keyboard seemed wild. Um, I think at a certain point, right, they're going to come to a version of watchOS where they're like, we need a big feature this year. So it's time to do it. Like I, I think that at some point they're going to they're going to run out of features that they want to implement. And then this is the big one that will be like the linchpin for that year. Um, but I yeah. just think that they, they haven't gotten there. That, that Yeah. I mean, it looks like this year it's going to be a lot more health stuff. They're going to be bringing a bunch of health apps and also, which I think is hilarious. I kind of can't believe it's true. But I understand why, but I still can't believe it. Uh, The rumor is they're going to be putting an app store directly onto the Apple Watch so you can download apps on the watch without needing the phone. I just, I don't, that's ridiculous. I don't think that's good. That can't be true. So it is a necessary part of making the watch completely independent from the phone, which at some point in the future it will be, right? Because that just makes sense. So you kind of need to have an app store on it, but I cannot even begin to conceive of how that works visually. That's an an interesting question of
0: if Apple wants to make it completely independent from the phone.
1: I think that just naturally that's the way these things go. Because like, if you imagine a a future of AR glasses, it would be perfect if it just communicated with the watch and you never needed the phone. Maybe I, mean, I
0: I just wonder from a from a pure bean counter Tim Cook bottom line like what, if they would ever do that.
1: It is pretty independent as it stands right now, right? Like over the last few years, they've been making it more and more and more so, and then for some reason, they're going to put apps an app store on it to continue that. Yeah
0: the the crossing point for me about like if they make it independent is if it could solve the use case that I've I've had many parents ask me, which is can I get my kid an Apple Watch without having to get them a phone? Like I've, I've actually had a, a surprising number of parents
1: like they want to do that as a thing. It makes so much sense to me like as a thing where like yeah. in theory you can track them and you can mm-hmm. contact them but they can't really use it and like you know, like you can't get a lot done on it. You can't play games on it. You can't watch videos on it. Like so that this right. is like a reason why like I think that they will get to it because it has use cases like that. yeah. So they, they are moving there, but yeah, there's, it's still not perfect and it's, you still have to do a lot. And if you want to run a watch independently right now, you will murder the battery because it will be on LTE <laughs> yes, yes. all the time and it will just kill it. So
0: I would like them to do it. I, just be, I could conceive of them never quite fully separating out the watch so that the use case of my child has no other Apple device except for the watch is possible because that also would mean things like... How do you set up your iCloud account? Like, you know, th- there's a whole lot that goes with this, and I could see Apple never quite going all mm-hmm. the way there, but um, I, 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 I- I think it would be good from a consumer perspective to be able to slap an Apple watch on your kid, you know, like a radio tracking collar, and keep an eye on what they're up to and get in touch with them in emergency without also exposing them to like the horrors of Instagram.
1: I think that there is a level of device independence, which is different to the way that we think about when it went from uh, when the iPhone completely became untethered from the Mac. Mm -hmm. I think you could still use a device to set it up but it's not stuck to that one.
0: Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting possibility. That Yeah, you could set it up as here's the parent device and the child device. Yeah, like
1: everyone's going to have access to a device, right? And then you just set it up, you put the information you need into the watch app and then, then that's it. And then they're completely, it's like, it's like let out into the wild, right? <laughs> and now it can roam free on the planes. Um, let's talk about hardware because there's a there's a potential for a few hardware things and I just want to see what you think. So um. There are two main products that could be most likely, if anything, just shown off, not put on sale, and that is a new MacBook Pro, which is a the rumor is a completely brand new design, sixteen inch, uh, all new MacBook Pro. Wait, can I can I pause you there for a second? Mm-hmm.
0: Because didn't they didn't Apple Apple just released a speed bump? for the existing MacBook line, right? They did, yes. Like it, I didn't hallucinate that because that made me very sad when that came out because I thought that meant, oh, no more new MacBooks. No. But you're saying that the rumors are still alive that there's an, a new design, even though they just speed bump well, the old one? That
1: seems the, really unlikely. The rumor that exists is for a 16-inch MacBook Pro with a brand new design.
0: Okay, so that's that's bigger than the current one. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, at least hmm. the screen is bigger, whether the device is bigger or not remains to be seen.
0: Oh, right, right, of course. Okay. But
1: it is most likely, mm. and, and kind of many people including me have always felt that like this MacBook Pro would exist as the top end of the current lineup. So the 13 mm. or 15 that exist right now, they'd still keep selling those, and then they would sell the 16 as well. Like when and there's been a lot of history for this. Like the first retina MacBook Pro, that was the most expensive one you could get, and there was only one of them and it was the 15 inch and they were still selling a non Retina 15 and non Retina 13. Oh
0: yeah, okay. So, because okay, this this new MacBook hmm. Pro, if
1: it is a brand new design with a bunch of interesting new stuff, and it's like it's all amazing and whiz bang, and it solves every problem that everybody has about the current MacBook Pro lineup, will be more expensive. And the, considering mm. the rumor is only for a larger one, they're not going to replace the 13 and the 15 with a 16 because that's that doesn't make any sense. So right, I think that. This, for me personally, has not changed the likelihood of this in any way. Hmm. It's either was going to happen or not going to happen. I don't think doing this speed bump changes that because I don't even think they would have wanted to have the speed bump on stage anyway, because it still hasn't really fixed the keyboard. Like they addressed that they made some material changes to the keyboard, but it's still the same mechanism. Um, yeah,
0: if, if I was Apple, I wouldn't want to go up on stage with a new computer or a speed bump, like unless you can feel like you've really nailed that problem. Yeah. Like, oh, we made the computers faster. And you know, ev- like, everybody watching worldwide yes, is like, just thinking, yeah, but what, what about the keyboard? <laughs> right. Because as well,
1: like, it's, it was kind of interesting in all of the PRs, all of like the um, press releases that Apple gave, they didn't mention the keyboard, but they gave a bunch mm-hmm. of interviews with uh, different members of the press where they did speak about the keyboard. Hmm. So to the world, hmm. it's faster. But, to, to, but, but right. to like key people in certain industries with professionals who care about the fact that their keyboards don't work properly, they were saying mm-hmm. that like, we have made some changes to change the reliability. And they've also as well now, if you have any Mac with those key with those butterfly keyboards they've been entered into this keyboard repair program. So in or out of Apple Care, they will fix it. <laughs> I
0: in the in the gray household, I literally have three or four machines that I would just like yeah, you need to replace the keyboards on all of these, like between me and my wife. Only if they're broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. Keyboards that have broken keys. All
1: right, if you take them into an Apple store now, they will fix them.
0: So the the new macbook pro is only rumored at the new 16 size that's the that only
1: part? rumor that, that that has come out is that it's a 16 hmm. inch device
0: if that happens i'll be interested to see it because uh, again a, a while back listeners know that i switched to having a big the 15 inch macbook again because i'm working on a bunch of video stuff right over the past year and so i wanted the bigger screen and i needed the more powerful computer to handle uh, over a terabyte of footage that that needed to be processed and I've had very mixed feelings about the the bigger computer. I don't love the design ergonomically. Um, like it's fine, but I'd be very. I would be partly because of a little bit of mixed feelings about the bigger MacBook. I'd be curious to see what a, a new design would be. But my, I think my tendency would be like I'd love to see a, a redesign of the smaller one and to see what that would that would look like. But. I'm glad to know that the like the dreams of oh they're going to update a new design for the Mac aren't dead because of the speed bump. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad to hear that at least at least there's uh the potential of we're starting down the road of a new generation of Macbooks.
1: But the real one that they would be I think quite foolish to not mention is the Mac Pro. Oh, we
0: can we can say right now that if if Apple doesn't mention the Mac Pro, the developers at WWDC are going to cause a riot in San Jose and the whole city will be burned
1: to the ground. Yeah, people will... Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, without a doubt, we can say that that will happen. Uh, people will be yeah, super like mad. like San
0: Jose, you better have extra police on hand mm-hmm. if Apple's not mentioning the Mac Pro. Like, get the fire department ready.
1: <laughs> so in case you need a bit of background on this, a couple of years ago, Apple, they said that the current version of the Mac Pro they knew wasn't good enough and they were going to start again and they were going to make a new one. Yeah. They didn't really give a time frame on it, but they said, we're going to start working on it. And then uh, I believe sometime last year, they said like, it is a 2019 product uh when, when kind of pressed on it again.
0: They did say it was a twenty nineteen product.
1: Yes. They do. what huh, that means okay. though, who knows? Does it mean that they show it in twenty nineteen? Does it mean it's released in twenty nineteen? Like nobody really right. knows what that actually means. The serial number is twenty nineteen yes. and has nothing to do we with it. We will you. call <laughs> it the twenty nineteen Mac Pro, but it comes out in twenty twenty two. Like so it it is a twenty nineteen product. So if this thing is going to be shipping in twenty nineteen, they would be fools to not show it at WWDC. Like when they showed off the iMac Pro which was they also announced at that time, but they said there would there was a, a product called the iMac Pro coming out. Right at WWDC, they showed off a video where they and they spoke about it at length, and it shipped in December. So it is very likely that that is what they will be doing at WWDC because they have just had a hardware announcement, right? A small mm. one, but they've had one. They could have said we wanted to do this because WWDC this year is all about software, but it didn't say that. And if it if they have no hardware, they should have said that. Because they've done stuff like that in the past where they're like Right. There's right. hardware rumors and they don't want that to be the story, so they say like it's just software and they say it beforehand. Right. And they haven't said anything like that yet at the time of recording. <laughs> yeah. So. Apple
0: Apple looks you right in the eyes, says it's all about software as as they drape that cold blanket
1: over your shoulders. <laughs> right? That's what they're doing. <laughs> So you know the the uh, the Mac Pro, whatever it could be. All we know, the only phrase that we've been given is modular, and again, we don't know what that means even really. Like, what does mm-hmm. modular mean? I, I know what I know what I think modular means, but I don't know what Apple is saying modular is when looking at a Mac Pro. I am personally mm-hmm. excited about that. Um, I am very happy with my iMac. My I have a 2015 iMac um, at the moment. I think it's the longest I've ever owned a, an Apple computer without replacing it. Uh, it's coming up on its fourth year in service this year, and and, and I have no wow. concern with this Mac. It still runs... It feels to me like it still runs as fast as the day I got it, and that's more than fast enough for me. But the Mac Pro, considering what it looks like and how modular it is, I am intrigued about that as a computer that I then own for 10 years. Hmm. My, my needs or my desires for the, the latest Mac hardware is not the same anymore. And since I bought my PC, I am more intrigued about the idea of buying something and then just replacing stuff as you need to over a longer period of time. So I am intrigued about buying a decent Mac Pro with the idea of I will keep it for a very long time and upgrade the parts in it. But this is all very dependent on what the new Mac Pro actually looks like and how modular is it does it just work with modules that Apple makes? Because if it does, I don't know if I'm going to be that keen on it. Like I would like to know that there are like certain vendors who can make stuff for it, you know? Right. Like, yeah. That, that,
0: you, that you have a safety hatch yeah. for if Apple doesn't feel like updating something and also that someone options. else can. Like I want options yeah. in it,
1: right? Like I, I want to know, you know, I want to be able to choose the RAM that I want and I want to be able to choose the video cards. Right. And like, what, what does that look like? And, and I'm intrigued to see that. Um, hmm. But obviously a Mac pro needs a monitor. And the the rumors suggest that Apple is indeed making another monitor. They're going back into the monitor business.
0: Oh, thank God! Because I've been, uh, I've been using those LG ones. LG monitors. Garbage, garbage. They're absolutely terrible. Like I have the five K one and the four K one, mm-hmm. and I loathe both of them. Like I've I've used them because it's the only one that's kind of worked in my setup that also has like high enough resolution and color, but it's like, they just, like they feel gross to touch. I've had... Uh, fun USB-C issues with those things. <laughs> One of the features in the Tesla vlog uh, where you can see me using it. But I, I have never looked at those things and thought, wow, I feel great about this purchase. It's like, oh God, this was a lot of money for me being not really happy with this product. And I've I've been hoping and dreaming that Apple would get back into the monitor business. And so that that would make me very happy
1: if they well, are. The rumor is a 31.6 inch 6K resolution mini LED monitor.
0: Wait, whoa, wait, what? Yes. 6K?
1: 6K, yes. What the heck is...
0: What's, I've, got to, I've got to bump up my video production now from 5K to 6K. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't even know 6K was like a... Is it like an industry standard? Or is that just Apple deciding that's what they're going to do?
1: Well... <laughs> i don't know man i can't i can't answer the question i, I have no idea mike about that. why
0: don't you know more about industry standards for resolution that's yeah, that's ridiculous what she's <laughs> a
1: 31 31.6 inches? inches which is massive like that I was is gonna say, what's huge. the size of the IMAX screens now 27 20 27 <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ it's huge it's huge but do you remember the cinema display that used to be a 30 inch display Apple used to sell. remember those the silver aluminum ones?
0: I don't think I ever had or saw one of the giant cinema displays. I don't really remember this. Yeah,
1: they used to make those, and so like, but this was this is not the Thunderbolt display because they make a, the, the, I think the highest the Thunderbolt display went was twenty seven inches, hmm. but the thirty inch Apple monitor was like that was around in like the early two thousands and before then. Hmm. So
0: man, thirty one and a half inches. I like I bought the um I bought the iMac Pro. And I, like I really loved that machine, uh, like so I, I don't I don't really have on my horizon like a, a a real desire to get the Mac Pro, you know, like contingent upon it being amazing. I was but gonna
1: say, man, if if anyone I know that might get use out of one of those things, it'd probably be you.
0: Yeah, but the the thing is, like I really specked out
1: the iMac Pro, and it was pretty great. Maybe you could finally get a competent Mac gaming machine.
0: I have a perfectly competent mm. Mac gaming machine, Mike. There <laughs> you know? Up- Upwards
1: upwards of 12 frames a
0: second Ooh! which i believe is faster than the human eye can perceive <laughs> but the, the the one thing I've, I've had this weird thought sometimes about the, the imac pro is is like i always have this feeling like the screen's a little too big right like i don't know it's I, I i find myself sometimes not being quite sure like the distance that i want to sit in front of it because yeah. it already feels like such a big screen with uh, uh and i will say it's like when I get a when I get a 5K render of a video, you know, both like pre YouTube compression, and watch it on that screen, like it's glorious. I was like, look at all these pixels, look how sharp these lines are, and it just it looks great. But I've I've I have thought like this screen is already really pushing it in terms of size. So something thirty one and a half inches feels
1: like it would it would blow my mind. Like I'm in two thousand one a Space Odyssey. It would be huge. I think it might be. I mean, 27 inches is 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 really big and I don't know if I would want the screen to be bigger than that, but uh, I think it does sound like it would be a very nice display. It feels like it's kind of, <laughs> you could turn it up to max brightness and literally burn your retina out. Like it would, just, yeah. it would just take you down. On
0: On all of my devices, I've always had the screen max brightness. Like I turn off their auto dimming thing. Mm. I'm like, no, you don't tell me how bright this is. Like I want the screen bright. Um, but my iMac Pro is the only device where I'm like, okay, wait, we can we can pull this back a little bit. We don't need maximum brightness here uh, because know, I yeah, don't that's know already if I've quite ever bright.
1: Made my iMac max brightness. I know what I'm about to do. Okay, right, well, holy moly, <laughs> I can't even look at that. Wow, that's I have it like halfway. That <laughs> yeah, is so. wow, that is significant. What was the thing about the
0: L- LCD? something in the monitor I didn't catch
1: that yeah I know right <laughs> I don't know what it means
0: the thing that I'm not hearing though which I would like to hear is face ID that's 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 something I'd yeah, like in a monitor not, face yeah, ID ah oh,
1: how do you how do you know that's not happening Mike I just don't see it yeah I, I would love it yeah. if they did it but I, I don't see it happening yet because it is the thing like
0: when I open up my laptop and it asked me to put my finger on the little square it's like mm-hmm. like what is this 1865 like i can't believe i have to do this it's so frustrating
1: one of like the random rumors for the apple watch is that they're going to improve the um biometric or like the authentication for the mac on the apple watch in some way so like that might make that better for you if you use that yeah
0: that, that would i do use that and it i would say it works like 50 percent of the time it's it's not crazy reliable. When it works, it's great, but it's not it's not reliable enough that I can feel confident every time I open up the machine that it's going to do whatever magic it's doing. Mac
1: Rumors tells me that mini-LED-like backlighting design would offer outstanding picture quality, and many LED displays can offer seamless mosaicing, higher brightness, and lower reflectivity than traditional LCD displays. I mean, I have often thought that the mosaics on my display are just not good enough, so... I would be very happy to get better mosaicing on my devices, wouldn't you?
0: Yes, uh, mosaicing has been my number one complaint by far.
1: (laughs) I can't believe you didn't mention that at the beginning. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have
0: mentioned that. That my my biggest hope was more mosaicing, or or less mosaicing. I'm not sure what better is.
1: Do you are you supposed to see the mosaic or not supposed to see it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Look, I just. As long as the mosaicing is improved, I'm going to be happy.